0: Who is Jesus? Is he merely a prophet, a carpenter, a philosopher, a good teacher, a moralist, or a religious revolutionary? We examine Jesus for who he really is, our savior, lamb of God, Messiah, and the one who revealed the father.
1: Okay, um, I'm really grateful uh, for this, this time Standing before you and just to share uh, what God has put on my heart, uh, we are just two days away from christmas, um, and as I've been thinking about Christmas and about Jesus, uh, just a couple of couple of thoughts um, you know in my mind, and I just thought i'd 'd share it with you um, as we look in scripture uh, we we find several people. Call out to Jesus, Uh, and many people call upon Jesus uh, for various things. Um, Let's go to Mark chapter ten, verses uh, forty-six to fifty-two. It's it's probably a, a very very familiar passage for us. It's when a blind man, Bartimaeus, calls out to Jesus in a crowd. And Jesus hears his cry. He stops and he asks for that man to be brought to him. So I'm going to quickly read it for us before we, you know, um, move ahead. Mark chapter 10 verses 46 to 52. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. And commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. It's amazing how a blind man who definitely, you know, Jesus didn't know him, but he heard his voice. And we read here that Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called you know what is it about this one blind man in the crowd that caused Jesus to stand still he called upon Jesus but he called upon him with faith and the the some of the titles that Jesus was called by uh, in in his times right uh, there are many titles but this blind man chooses to to say Jesus son of David Okay, son of David, which um, refers to the genealogy uh, and, and proves uh, at that time, it uh, proved to the Jews that Jesus is very much a descendant uh, of David uh, and therefore the, the promised heir to the throne uh, of David. And, and so they, they knew that this title is for the Messiah. Uh, and blind Bartimaeus uses this title and calls on Jesus and we read that jesus stood still and he also the blind man received you know whatever he called uh, upon jesus for uh, and similarly there there are there are many other people who called on jesus and they received what they expected from jesus you know mark chapter 5 is a great example of a of a lady uh, who once again wasn't really welcome in the crowd to to approach jesus but you know, she did it anyway. She reached out to Jesus and all she did was just touch the hem of his garment. But she did it by faith, knowing that this is the Messiah. He is the deliverer. And immediately we read that immediately the flow of blood stopped and she received her miracle. What about the centurion, a man of, of, of power and authority? You know, when he approaches Jesus uh For his servant to be healed, he understands the authority of Jesus, the Son of God. And and, and he says, Lord, only say a word that's good enough for me. And, you know, sure enough, that very hour, as Jesus pronounces healing on that servant, your servant will be made well, his servant is immediately made well. So here are uh, a set of people who knew Jesus for who he is, the Messiah, the Saviour, the Deliverer, and they called upon him, and all he he offered to them all of who he was, and especially in their point of need. But then there were others who also called on Jesus. Then um, it's interesting, you know, many people called on Jesus for for various things. Uh, we read about the Pharisees, uh, and the wise men of, of um, their days who approach Jesus to mainly ask questions, uh, to understand, you know, spiritual truth. Uh, Jesus, what else should we do? Or, 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 or moral truths, who should, is taxes, paying taxes right? So, you know, they approach Jesus with a different attitude you can say and not, not to say that you know jesus only answered those who approached him in faith there are instances where out of his compassion he also reached out to those who never called to him but uh, i'm just trying to understand the two approaches that people had when they called upon jesus so there were many who called on jesus and This is what Jesus had to say to the wise men, the learned noble men of of his times. Uh, He says in uh, John chapter 5 verses 39 and 40, you don't have to turn to all the scriptures. Some of them will be uh, on on the PowerPoint for for us. So in John chapter 5 verses 39 and 40, Jesus uh, remarks and he tells these Pharisees, he says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. You know, so Jesus is pointing out the heart attitude um, and the the revelation or the knowledge uh, that these Pharisees had of him as, you know, just another man. Uh, and therefore he says, look, These same scriptures that you search are talking of me as the Messiah, but you're not able to understand it. You're not able to receive me for who I really am. And this is the desire of God's heart that we may know Jesus, (coughs) that we may know him for who he really is. Um, At one point, Jesus spoke to his disciples and asked them a question. Excuse me. (laughs) He asked them a question. You know, these guys who had walked with Jesus for three years. Uh, And it's, again, a very intriguing question. Why would someone who's been with you for so long, want to um, know what you think of them you know all of a sudden and and, and that's how Jesus asked his disciples <laughs> in matthew 16:15 um, he asks you know peter he says you know people people say different things about me but who do you say that I am but who do you say that I am and as with Approaching Christmas, now this is a question I ask myself uh, and and I want to put it before all of you and ask you, but who do you say he is? (laughs) The disciples came back with an answer. They said, Jesus, some are calling you Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist. Uh, Some say you're a good teacher, some others say you're a philosopher, Uh, and then there are others who think you're just, you know, a a moralist, you you are a religious revolutionary. But then, Jesus had pointed the question to his disciples and he said, but who do you say I am? Who do I think Jesus is? Who do you say he is? And this morning, I want to present from the scriptures uh, who Jesus really is. And I want to share uh, from maybe three or four titles that that Jesus had, uh, what the Bible has to say about Jesus and what assignment he came to this earth with and that he indeed is that God of love who came to bring us back to himself the God, our creator, was willing to sacrifice himself so our relationship with him can be restored. The relationship which was broken because of sin in the Garden of Eden. So I present to you Jesus as the Savior. Call upon Jesus the Savior. Luke chapter 2 verses 10 to 11, uh, you know, Christmas time. Uh, You would hear this almost everywhere when the angel said to uh, when the angel said, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. So great joy because we have a savior and he is born. In God's time, 2,000 years ago, this Christ Jesus was born. Glad tidings to us, peace on earth, goodwill to all men, because our Savior, the Lord Jesus, was born. 1 John 3, 5, the Apostle John wrote much later, and he says, And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. You may ask the question, Savior, save us from what? The greatest problem of humanity is sin. And we do everything in our strength to get rid of sin and its consequences. To get rid of sin, the shame and the guilt that comes with it. But the Bible clearly tells us that no amount of good we can do will ever match up to the standards of God. God is too holy for our good works to, you know, uh, rescue us from sin and the consequences of sin. So, so we can never pay back. We can never uh, pay in full for the punishment, which is due to us. Isaiah 64, six tells us that our good works are like filthy rags, before the lord so no amount of good that we can do will ever bring us out of the clutches of sin sin has separated us from god now isaiah 59 verse 2 it says your sins have separated you from your god so sin has kept us away from that abundant fulfilling relationship that God had originally intended for every man and every woman whom he created how then shall this gap be bridged? Jesus the saviour the saviour who sets us free from the bondage of sin who takes away our sin was born in Bethlehem and which is why We can call upon him to take away our sin even today. Jesus is our savior. Not only did Jesus come to take away sin and restore our relationship with God, but we also read that uh, in what Jesus did on the cross, he broke the power of sin over our lives. Romans 6.14 It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So, Jesus did much more than simply restoring our relationship with God. He enabled us to live a life of victory over sin. The the dominion... Sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin has this property uh, that it can control us. You know, when we we don't want to do something and we still do it. Okay, all of you are not with me. So I'll talk about gulab jamuns for just a moment because it always works. Have, Have you had this experience that, you know, you eat one and then you're thinking, yeah, just one is good for me. Like I'm all healthy and fitness and everything. But you go for another one, right? And then you tell yourself, I won't do it next time. And then maybe another one. So, you know, it could go on. It, it depends from person to person. But the next time you come back uh, to your Gulab Jamuns or whatever else you like, there, there's, this, there's this pull, which, you know, you, you, it's, it's hard to overcome. But you know what? This scripture in, in simple words means that sin has no dominion over us, meaning you don't have to take another one. Right? Because God has freed us in such a manner that we can walk in victory over sin. Small sin, big sin, absolutely everything. Sin has no power over us. We can rule and reign and have dominion in this life. Because Jesus, the Savior, has broken the influence, the power of sin over our lives. And now we're no longer under law, but we are under grace. And not only did Jesus do this for us, we see that he saved us. Okay? Salvation. Jesus uh, bought us salvation in every sense. He saved us to, to, to live a life as a new creation right here on earth. Uh, but he also bought us um, our, our relationship back with God that now, even if we die, we can continue to live with God into eternity. If we have accepted jesus into our life so jesus bought us freedom from sin the power of sin and even death the wages of sin is death but god gave us the gift of eternal life through jesus christ in first corinthians chapter 15 verse 55 you know uh, it, it beautifully says death where is your sting and that is only possible because of what jesus has done who has overcome Sin and the power of sin. So Jesus is our savior. And because of him, we have victory over sin. Jesus is also the lamb of God. Remember the time when uh, Jesus came to be baptized to John the, ba- uh, to John the Baptist? Uh, and John the Baptist says, Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So John the Baptist recognizes him uh, as that one person who has come to take away the sins of this world. So the Jews knew uh, that it would take the shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, uh, there is no compensation, there is no remission for sin, So there's got to be uh, a shedding of blood and somebody has to do it. But the only person who could do it is someone who is free from sin. So we understand that Jesus is called the Lamb of God because he became that perfect sacrifice. Or he became that atonement. Atonement is, is, um, you know, repair or or, uh, an amendment, reconciliation uh, that needs to happen. And Jesus became that sacrifice for us so that our sins can be forgiven. So God, this day, you know, as we come into the presence of God, we worship him and we say, uh, you know, Father, we adore you, we love you. All of this is possible only because... Jesus has taken our sins. Jesus has um, taken upon himself and, and because of the shedding of his blood, we have forgiveness for our sins. So Jesus is the true lamb of God. The beautiful thing about this lamb of God is that he identified with us. He identified with us in the sense that he became Fully man. The scriptures tell us uh, that for some time, temporarily, Hebrews 2.9, it says, for some time, God made him a little lower than the heavenly beings so that he can live a life here on earth completely as a man. One mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. So Jesus identified with us becoming a man just like you and me, experiencing the world the way you and I do. It's hot today. It's cold. Whatever, all of that is what Jesus went through. He became a man just like you and me, but not to say that Jesus wasn't God, fully God at that time, because there are claims of Jesus where he talks about himself and he proclaims his deity. You now, Jesus made this statement, uh, John eight fifty eight. He says, "Before Abraham was, I am. I am the title of Jehovah God, and Jesus." Is, is stating that he's equal to the God of the Jews. And what Jesus was really saying is that I am fully God right now. Jesus also made statements like the father and I are one. Right, So Jesus is fully man who identified with us. But he was fully God, the very son of God who came to take away our sins. Jesus became that perfect sacrifice. Why perfect? Because he was sinless, tempted in every way, yet without sin. You know, some of us, uh, um, especially young people, we say, Jesus, you don't understand. Our times are different. Our temptations are different, right? But Jesus would say, hey, I do understand I was like you once upon a time, and I've been through every temptation. That's what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews. Tempted in every way, yet without sin. So he was that perfect substitute with absolutely no sin in him, which is why his sacrifice was acceptable to God. Jesus reestablished our relationship with God. As the Lamb of God, not only did He do that, but He also redeemed us. He bought us back, and He redirected every blessing of heaven back onto our lives. And it's just beautiful to uh, try to understand the love of God. You know, the love of God is is uh, sort of substitutionary, as some say, that God would sacrifice Himself. God would would Come, become so low that we could have all of what he had to offer. He would take our place and, and he would become so small that we could receive his best and his highest. And this is what Jesus did for us. He became uh, uh, that sacrifice who redeemed us. And scriptures, you know, have many things to say about what Jesus has done for us, who we have become now in Christ Jesus. Anyone who, who receives this Jesus, Acts 10.43 says, has the forgiveness of sins. Uh, we, we also become the children of God. And in Christ Jesus, all that has changed, right, uh, for us Is real now because now we are in Christ Jesus. Uh, And what else has happened because Jesus became that sacrifice and that substitute? Jesus took on every curse on the cross of Calvary. You know, whatever we can think of, he took on every curse so that you and I can be blessed. We can walk that life of dominion and blessing. That God intended every blessing of Abraham. You know, our relationship uh, is restored with God. Uh, we have friendship with God. We have uh, prosperity. We have His protection. So many blessings God directed to us. Even Second Corinthians eight nine says that Jesus became poor so that you and I can be rich. Right. So in the blessings of God, in the mercies of God, in the goodness of God, God has extended. Grace upon grace to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is that true lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We're included in the world. So you and I included, he takes away the sins of the world. He is that sacrifice that God, the father accepted so readily and you know, his graces are extended to us. Jesus is also the Messiah, our deliverer. Now, everyone uh, in, in those times and maybe even these times are looking for that one anointed one. Messiah means the anointed one, the deliverer to come uh, and deliver them. But Jesus proclaimed himself To be that Messiah, that deliverer. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, in his reading in the synagogue, this is what Jesus had to say. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are Oppressed. You know, Jesus finishes by, by saying that this is fulfilled. By the way, whatever I read just now has been fulfilled. Like before your eyes, I'm standing before you, and I am this anointed one who has come to set the captives free, who has come to heal the brokenhearted, who has come to proclaim liberty to the captive's sight, to the blind. Jesus is the Messiah. We already looked at the fact that he was sometimes called as the son of David and son of Abraham because he's part of the genealogy, but Jesus also fulfilled many messianic prophecies, at least three hundred prophecies. It is said that Jesus fulfilled through his birth, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. There are um, uh, you know mathematicians and uh, uh, people scientists who have studied the fulfillment of, of these prophecies. And I'm just going to take a little bit of, of a detour for a few minutes and come back to the, the main message. For some of us who uh, are thinking, oh, who is this Jesus person? Did he even exist? Did he really exist? Uh, Jesus is a real person, a historical figure. Uh, and <laughs> as I shared earlier, uh, these Prophecies, right? The fulfillment of prophecies uh, that, that Jesus fulfilled, they have been studied. Um, and you could probably just go refer people like Peter Stoner who've done research studies and, and have come, have been astonished by the accuracy with which Jesus has fulfilled the Old Testament, many of the Old Testament prophecies. Jesus uh, is also someone who, as a person who existed, right, is written about a lot. Uh, you would find writings about Jesus uh, uh, from the Jewish people, from the Romans. Uh, and the most interesting thing is that when you talk about the existence of someone, you want literature that is closest to the time that they lived. King Arthur uh, uh, is said to have lived around 500, around 580. Uh, and writings about him or, or references to King Arthur come only later about 300 or 400 years later but the amazing thing is that references to jesus in jewish roman believing non believing uh, you know lit- literature comes 25 to 40 years after jesus's death so we can rely on the on the accuracies of jesus's historicity right so uh, just for, for you know, some of us, for information. So Jesus is that Messiah who came to deliver us. And today we might be here sitting thinking, uh, yes, Jesus is the Messiah. He delivers me from, from sin. Uh, he restores my relationship with God. Uh, but, you know, I want to encourage us to walk in the fullness of what Jesus has come to do as the Messiah. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, He who's he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So the son of God or the Messiah was manifested or he appeared, he came to earth. Why? For this purpose that he may destroy the works of the of the devil, so Jesus our Messiah, came to took on the powers of darkness. What are the works of the devil? We, we might be going through sickness, uh, we might be going through some sort of an oppression uh, or, or you know all, all the challenges that, that uh, Satan throws at us, some of us got in addictions, you know, various, various things uh, that are not the best design of God for our lives. And this morning, church, we can be confident that the very purpose for which Jesus came is so you and I can walk free from the oppression of the enemy, from all these works of the devil. So we can go against these works simply because that is what Jesus did. In Acts 10.38, we read about Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth the Messiah, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And even today, with faith in Jesus, we can overthrow any work of the devil that we encounter. We can overcome you know, any, any addiction or sin that is trying to hold us in its grip. And it's only possible because the Messiah has already come. And that is what he demonstrated through his life here on earth. He overthrew, he defeated every work of the devil. And he set people free from every work of the devil. So we can be confident in this Jesus who is our Messiah, our Deliverer, even today in all our life circumstances. I'd like to just share one more uh, aspect of Jesus this morning. And we read that Jesus is the very image of God. or Rather, Jesus reveals God the Father. Many of us have this question, what does God look like? You know what would what would God do if He was in this situation, uh, or you know what decision would would God make, right? But we are um, are told to look at the life of Jesus because Hebrews one three it says that Jesus is the brightness of His glory. Want to see? Um, who God is like Jesus is the brightness of his glory and he is the very express image of the person of God being the son of God the second person in the godhead Jesus is the express image who revealed the person of the father to us Jesus is someone we can look at and understand the invisible God. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. How, how is God, you know, what does God look like? What would God do? Look at Jesus. Look at the life of Jesus. Look at the heart of Jesus. Helps us understand the very nature of God, who God is. God is love. God is a God of compassion. When Jesus looked at the multitudes. We read um, Matthew 9, 36. It says that uh, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Jesus revealed the Father. Jesus revealed the nature of the Father. A God of love, a God of compassion, a God of power, a God of authority, a God who is holy, a God who is just, and a God who is so personal. Jesus is the express image of God, revealing God the Father to us. So this morning, church, I just want to once again ask us this question as we go about the festivities of Christmas and share the love of Jesus um, and, and introduce Jesus to others. Who do you really think he is? Who do you know him to be? Who do you say he is? It's very important for us to know this Jesus for who he really is. And if Jesus were to ask that question that he asked his disciples, what would our answer be? Thankfully, the disciples, you know, uh, Peter remarked and they said, You are the Christ. Yes, Jesus, people are saying different things about you, but I know. That you are the Christ. Who do we know this Jesus to be in our lives? Jesus has expressed the very love of God to us. You now it's amazing that God would choose to dwell among men, right? This is what we celebrate when we celebrate Christmas. Emmanuel, he is God with us. God loved us so much that he chose to come down to this world and walk among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw him, we experienced him. Jesus, a man full of grace, a man full of truth. And he is just more than a good teacher. He's more than a moralist. He's more than a revolutionary. He's more than a prophet. He's more you know, than Elijah or, or Jeremiah or anybody who has come or is to come. Because this Jesus is our savior who gives us victory over sin. This Jesus is the Lamb of God who has forgiven our sins. So that, that we can experience that forgiveness. It's very real. It's very real. It's not just in theory, but uh, we walk with that forgiveness, with the experience of that forgiveness. When God's, God takes away uh, the shame and the guilt from our lives and helps, and shows us that, hey, now you are a new creation. You have newness of life through Christ Jesus. If you walk by the Spirit, you will conquer every, every sin that wants to have you. Jesus is that Lamb of God who has forgiven us so we can walk uh, in, in right relationship with God. He became sin that we could become the righteousness of God. Jesus is indeed the Messiah, the anointed one, who even today destroys the work of the devil in our lives. And what is it that we are going through? You know, what is it that we can attribute to the enemy and say, hey, it's, it's, it's not a work of God. Right? What I'm going through, it's not a work of God. It's the enemy who's brought uh, destruction, challenges my way. You know what? You can rise up and say, I am a child of God and I will not have it. I will not take this. Because we are following in the footsteps of our Messiah, the Deliverer. Jesus is the express image of God who showed us who God the Father is and what the Father looks like. So we can understand him and we can worship him. So this morning, church, I want us to to truly believe God to be all that he has promised to us. He's a very personal God. And he wants to be all of this and much more in our lives. And the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday today and forever. Today, he is the same Christ Jesus, our deliverer. And let us call upon Jesus, not like, uh, you know, just the Pharisees who, who wanted to know a couple of things, but they didn't know him for who he really was, who he really is. And let us call upon him for who he really is. I request us to rise to your feet as we just take some time to, to meditate on what we've just heard and to respond. Knowing Jesus, knowing about Jesus, always begs the question who is he to you? If this morning you are someone sitting in the crowd and saying, I don't know him as the Savior, I don't know him as the Lamb of God, I don't know any of this, I just want to invite you, my friend. To call on this Jesus the way the blind man called upon Jesus and said, Son of David, Jesus, Messiah, I'm calling on you. And because of Jesus today, God stops for everyone who calls upon him. Just call upon this God and say God I receive you for who you are you are the son of God you are the God who has come to save me from my sin you've come to restore my relationship with God come into my life O oh God make me this new person that only you have the capacity to make. God, help me to live for everything that you've created me to live for. Just go ahead. Call upon this Jesus. Ask Him to be your Savior. Bible says, when you believe on the Lord Jesus and you receive him into your life, that you become a child of God. Your sins are forgiven. Is there anyone here, you made that decision? I just want to know, so our our ushers can, can give you, you know, be in touch with you. If you could just put up your hands so we know that you prayed that prayer for the first time anyone
0: if
1: you've prayed that prayer for the first time and said Jesus I want you to be my savior I encourage you to just go ahead and indicate to us so we know we can hand you some Welcome, a packet, and be in touch with you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, this morning, Lord, we worship you as God, we worship you as our Lord. we thank you we thank you for a love that is so great that it came looking for us and changed our lives Father we worship you we worship you O God for connecting us back to the very life of God that we can enjoy our relationship with you With you, oh God, and Father, we thank you, we thank you, God, for the victory that we have over every work of the enemy, even in this place, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I take authority over the works of darkness, Lord, I speak healing to sick in their bodies in the name of Jesus I just sense that there are people here who have experienced disappointment you might even call it disappointment with God I sense that this morning the Lord is reaching out to you and saying I am your saviour walk with me You to just go and open your heart to Jesus to bring you out of that walk of disappointment that you are in. This morning, God, we ask in the name of Jesus that miracles would be released in people's lives. Father, we ask that shut doors would be opened, O God, in your according to your purpose and your plan, Father, that you would open doors for people in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you for all that you're doing, God, in our hearts and in our midst this morning. We worship you, O God. Stay. for restoring us back to you father through his sacrifice father even this day Lord we ask that each and every one of us father will come up higher in this life as your child God to walk in that victory to walk in that power and father to glorify your name God and to represent you father God for who you truly are thank you God thank you Jesus we bless you God we honor you Father for this time in your word and in your presence we give all glory to you I'd just like to speak the benediction over us may the grace of our Lord Jesus the love of the Father the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Rest and abide with us now and forever. And everyone said, Amen.
0: We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at Also visit our website apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.